Welcome to Warren Radio with your hosts, the Watchman Dana Smith and Tower. Thanks for listening. Greetings in the name of the Lord and welcome to Warren Radio. This is Tower. I'm here with the Watchman and we are glad you joined us. Please send all your prayer requests and correspondence to us through our contact page at warn-usa.com. You can listen to our Warn Radio episodes on warn-usa.com and danaglinsmith.com. Warn Radio is now on the following platforms. Amazon Prime Music in Podcast, Spreaker, Blueberry, iHeartRadio, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Play Music, Blog Talk Radio, Podcast Addict, CastBox, Google Podcast, Deezer, Spotify, Anchor, and Pocket Cast. Be sure not to miss the following posts from our Warren Radio episodes on warren-usa.com and danaglinsmith.com. Trusting God in Tribulation and Trepidation America's Faithful, Wise, Political Servants America Uncovered Truth Unveiled And you don't want to miss the latest WIBR Warren radio shows on warren-usa.com Gospel, Faith, Digital, Cash, Martyrs persecution at Warren Radio. Do not miss this post. Perilous times, antichrist, cashless, Christian faith. And do not miss this post. Christian wisdom, fear of the Lord. And don't miss our latest Warren Radio episodes from the week of May 24th through May 26th. Rich in Mercy, Christians Targeted Christian Faith Advocacy at Warren Radio. Word of the Lord, Isaiah's Prophetic Book, Part 175 on Battle Lines. His Workmanship, Revelation, Throne of Iniquity, Part 15 on Sound the Shofar. And be sure to get your copy of The Rising. The Rising is a Christian fiction thriller by the watchman Dana Glenn Smith. And The Rising continues the story of Mac, a former black ops sniper, and details the takeover of America. Hidden within the storyline of The Rising is the truth of what's happening in America now. And you can get your copy of The Rising by going to Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Books a Million, Angus and Robertson, and The Rising eBook can be found on Google Play. You can also get your copy of The Rising by going to danaglinsmith.com and while on the site, be sure to sign up for the WIBR Warren Radio Newsletter and visit our Christian Books and Resource Shop. And now I welcome in the Watchman. You're listening to Warren Radio on the WIBR Warren Radio Network. Don't forget to visit our websites at warn-usa.com and danaglinsmith.com and also follow us on Twitter find us on Instagram and join us on LinkedIn Greetings Dana, how are you doing tonight? Well, you know, in spite of the election I'm doing good Yeah, it's Greetings, Dana. How are you doing tonight? Well, I'm doing fine. More water. Yeah, we got lots of rain. It's flooding. Flooding our downtown streets. 
Yeah, now if it gets up to our knees, folks, then I suggest you better get in a big boat because, you know, God said he'd never flood the earth, but he didn't say about partial flood, especially for those who are wicked and won't pay attention. And uh, we have a whole pile of those in America that are long on talk and deceit and short on true faith. Now we're supposed to have revivals going on, but we don't have enough revival. So, welcome to today's show. We are in Isaiah's book. Isaiah is not a fluff prophet. We've been doing this series for many years. And I can tell you that if we have the biblical judgment that Isaiah warned about and the other prophets, then there's not going to be nothing left of America. So I suggest you draw nigh to God today while you can. Because tomorrow may be too late. And at the rate our leaders are lying to us and plotting, it's not going to take long. So we pray that this nation would repent and that the people would listen so that we don't have to go through the judgment like some of these other places did. Boy, amen. So, if you think this is a little harsh, well, it is. When was the last time you were truly on social media and paid attention? When was the last time they really knew what Biden was up to and you could do nothing? If you're sitting at home and don't know what to do, and if your church hasn't preached the truth, then get out of there. Go find somebody that'll preach the truth. We preach the truth. But I don't know if you can handle the truth. America can't handle the truth. But God can help you to handle it. So we've been getting a ton of water around here. So the first thing comes to mind is Noah's Ark. <laughs> Noah's what... Ark number two. <laughs> but God put a rainbow in the sky that promised he'd never flood the earth again. But with all the LGBTQ absconding with God's rainbow, I wonder if he doesn't have it anymore. Well, I only said that because there are people that believe that. See, just because you absconded and you make a rainbow doesn't mean God's justice agrees with your actions. So I suggest you stop trusting in your rainbow, LGBTQ, and start standing up and repenting before God. And believe me, you're not the only sinners in America. You're just the most obvious because you got the flag. And, you know, your actions are corrupt. But so are Biden's. And so are many others. Adultery is corruption. Lying, stealing, cheating, murder... I could go on. So unless you want pain and want to wind up in a place you don't want to, you know, God has made a way for you through Jesus Christ. And you can repent and God will forgive you and he can heal you. Then we'll all live happily in an America that has truly repented. And you won't have to listen to me giving you a warning right in front of a show. Because today's show, we're nearing the end of this particular book. We're coming along. There's a lot of stuff to hear. I hope you have guts enough to listen. So with that, Tower. Okay, we're... My salvation brings us into the 56th chapter of Isaiah's prophetic book. This is part 176, and in this centerpiece is righteousness of life, centering on walking in a manner pleasing to their God. Gone is judgment, but memory of what they endured is a life lesson into what Jehovah will tolerate. Herein we find Judah schooled and led back into a correct relationship with the Lord. But we, also, but we also find the prophecy of the restoration and the inclusion of Gentiles. One goal, which is restoration, 
and blessing and a reminder that Messiah comes, the Old Covenant fulfilled by the Second Covenant of the Messiah's arrival. And now back to you, and I'll see you on the other side. Now the beginning of this is my salvation. And then it goes into Isaiah's prophetic book, part 176. My salvation. That's what God offers. And this brings to the forefront, and we're going to focus on the deliverance of Judah. But we're not going to get into details, but we're going to focus on it. We're also going to address the topic of the Sabbath, as Kiel and Delich talk about. But the Sabbath is just a foreshadow of things to come. So there's a lot of things in here. But this book also looks to the future of the coming Messiah. God's promises of salvation in the Gentiles. In chapter 56, the Lord is doing a new thing. Isaiah continues to prophesy globally about things that affect every nation. Now you see, when the Lord came, the people in the temple in Jerusalem, everything was under Roman rule. They made sure to go check with John to see whether or not he was the Messiah. And he told him, I'm not. They even did the same with Jesus, Yahshua. But they didn't do it right away. But what he did do was miracles that no one had ever seen. And so by the time you find those in Jerusalem, they're tracking the Messiah, Yahshua, not to follow him, but to find a way to kill him and get him put on the cross. Show us a sign, they said. Well, he raised Lazarus from the dead by then, along with a lot of other miracles that nobody can do. And if it had been anybody else, they would have believed. Even the Lord said, I come in my own name and you reject me, but if someone comes in their name, you will accept them. Now this is true. This, will, this is literally true. And it's true also for the Gentiles. Because you see, in America, for instance, we've had a heavy load of Christianity, lots of churches, huge revivals. We've had generations of generations that weren't corrupt. We always had sinners. But it's coming down to a time that there's going to be someone that will come in his own name and America and the world will accept him. Commonly, we call this person the Antichrist. He's referred to by two things. One thing, the beast. We also call him a number of other things, like the Antichrist. But he's coming with signs and wonders, and he's going to stand up in the temple of God, declaring himself is God, as God. And so what do you think this new God's going to do with all those that are corrupting the law of God, the true and living God, and not following it, and the pastors that are lukewarm and not telling the truth? Well, they're going to warm up to him too. Because you're in a time that you need to be aware of. Now you see, the Lord is doing a new thing in, I, in Isaiah 56. He's pointing to the coming Messiah. He rejects those who were responsible for Judah's backsliding. And there he 
pinpoint, uh, pinpoints the leadership. And at the same time, he invites others to God's restoration, which is pointing to the kingdom under the Messiah and the time of the Gentiles when they will come to know the Lord. You see, the tone does change in here. We, we continue to see this messianic coming of the Messiah in here. And by the time we get to the end of the book, you're going to find a few other things in there. Judah needs to keep ju judgment. In other words, break off your sins. Be holy. John the Baptist, meanwhile, before the Lord really got going, was saying, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. That's in Matthew 3, 2. Well, see, today in America, we should be saying, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand, because it's closer than it was back then. Now you see, being delivered from Babylon is one thing. But the other thing is making sure they don't backslide and fall into the wrath of God again. I mean, how can you have the promise of the Messiah coming if God always has to dig you out of the gutter and send you through persecution and every evil work in order for you to repent and come back to him? Now see, the second covenant, that's why the second covenant, the one we're in today, is so good because God made allowances for your sins. And he allowed for sanctification, a lot of other things. What good does it do, for instance, for America to, to repent back in the 30s and the 40s and then in the 2000s all of our kids are pagans. The churches are backslidden. The pastors are cold and lukewarm, except for a few. Well, the Lord better hold off another thousand years until we get things straight. Well, it's not up to the Lord to hold off. It's up to us to stay close to Him. The Lord doesn't have to repent. You have to repent. I have to repent. Thus saith the Lord, this is verse 1, Keep judgment and do justice, for my salvation is near to come and my righteousness to be revealed. His salvation is near to come. Now that's a new salvation. And also, for Judah, for instance, they're being delivered from the Babylonians. And they're going to go back into Jerusalem, get their temple back, and get their city back and their nation. So for them, salvation has come because they're out of the hands of the enemy. But the undertones of my salvation indicates the Messiah and the coming of the Messiah. Now you see the Jews, when Yahshua came, he came not to be the glorified Messiah running the country. He came to be the suffering servant dying on the cross to provide atonement for everyone so they can find forgiveness and find grace and be able to be filled with his Holy Spirit. It's a new relationship, a new righteousness. So he could lead you through the pitfalls of human sin and the iniquities found in the world. And you see, by getting Judah out of Babylon, his righteousness was revealed because he revealed mercy. He could have destroyed him, but he didn't. He kept the promise of the Messiah all the way through the exile. That means the line, the, we call it the crimson line of redemption, continued to flow even though the break in Judah was significant. God kept the line flowing so the Messiah could be born to bring that Messiah and have him become the atonement on the cross. 
And see, the Jews knew about this. The high priest knew about that. They even questioned, show us a sign, they said to the Lord. But it is true, no sign shall be given. Especially to a wicked generation who demands one. For the Messiah had already given a sign. He raised Lazarus from the dead and did many other things nobody could do. And then when he died for the sins of mankind, was resurrected three days later, he came back from the dead and was seen alive by 500 at once and many others. So here it's unequivocal. Judah is being instructed to keep judgment. Now if you look through the book, we've been covering about a lot of these undercoving, uh, under, undertones, prophecies of the coming of the Messiah. And see, the trouble for Judah wasn't, wasn't over. Because we know today, Jerusalem and the children of Israel are still in a mess. They've got a nation, they have their faith, they're back in the land, but they have more enemies you can shake a stick at. Paul says Israel shall be saved, all of it. He also says Israel is not all Israel. And that's true as well. My righteousness is to be revealed, he says in this verse. That is publicly manifested. And one of the biggest things about being publicly manifested, there was no greater public manifestation than the Son of God dying on the cross at the same time while the demons in hell were rejoicing, thinking they had destroyed this man of God that came from heaven. They had no clue that this was indeed the Son of God who was in the beginning, as John says. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. And the word was God. There's no greater righteousness to be revealed or publicly manifested than to have the light who was in the beginning, the word who was in the beginning, suddenly show up on this planet and he's surrounded by his own people, the Jews. He created the world. John even says this and they didn't even recognize him. Yet the high priest was going around asking John if he was the Messiah because he knew very well that there was a Messiah coming. So when the one man that showed up, he calls himself the Son of Man because that's what he was, but he was also the Son of God. He was born of a woman, overshadowed by the Holy Ghost. He didn't have any seed from men. He was overshadowed by the Holy Ghost. The divine came down into that womb and was born as a man on purpose. Manifestation. And it became public. He was born in private of a woman, but it was publicly manifested. He would never become an old man. But in essence, he is the Ancient of Days. He was in the beginning. He created all things. So how can he be a baby? But he came. My righteousness is to be revealed, Isaiah says, of God. Speaking of God. Speaking as God. My righteousness. Publicly manifested. Luke 29, or 21, 29. 
through 33. And so the Lord spoke a parable. Behold the fig tree and all the trees. And when they now shoot forth, you see and know of your own selves that the summer is now nigh at hand. So likewise, when you see these things come to pass, know that the kingdom of God is at hand. Verily I say unto you, this generation shall not pass away till all be fulfilled. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. Now I put this in here. <coughs> because if we look, he uses fig tree because they were in the Middle East. And it's like this. When you see flowers blooming up in our part of the country, it's summer. Okay, We don't have flowers growing in the wintertime in Wyoming or any of these mountain states. Unless, of course, they're on the inside of the house where there's heat and the sun can get to them. Or you have them in a greenhouse. And just like you can tell... When those trees, those fruit-bearing trees, begin to shoot forth, and you know that the fruit's coming by fall, so you know that when you begin to see these things happening, you know the kingdom of God is not on the other side of wherever. It is nigh at hand, and it's no more nigh than it is at this moment right now. How do I know that? Well, just from the perspective of being American and being in America, I can tell you we've never been more corrupt, more insolent, more unrighteousness, more godless. We have no voices that are major speaking out. See, I come from the time when you always had Franklin Graham's dad preaching. All the time he was preaching, all the time he was having meetings. David Wilkerson was warning at the top of his lungs. And there was many, many others. They were everywhere. Many denominations. These pastors were standing up warning America. And America in its righteousness and its own self-righteousness, I should say. <clears throat> being blessed. Proceeded to the point where we are today. Lukewarm, comfortable corrupted. Our government can't do anything. That's exactly what happened with the Roman Empire. That's also what happened with uh, both houses of Israel. Because sin will influence the politics every time. <clears throat> now Romans 13, 11 through 14 verse 11 and that knowing the time that now it is high time to awake out of sleep. For now is our salvation nearer than when we believe. Now Paul wrote that a long time ago to the Romans. Well, I, I say to you that if it was high time to wake out of sleep for those Christians in the Roman Empire, I think it's more than high time for America and the world to wake up. And he says, for now our salvation is nearer than when we believed. Well, yeah, what about today? Where are we at today? Is it near or is it past near? We're past near. It's not near. It's here. How long are you going to screw around? How long are you not going to listen? Well, I can tell you one thing. If you don't repent, get right with God pretty soon, there comes one that you will believe. And if your name is not written in the book of the life, you will believe him and take the mark and you will forever be sorry for that. So you see, while Isaiah was a prophet to Israel, he was a prophet to the nations. There's never been a better book or a finer book than, than these words that came out of Isaiah. Now there's a lot of them that are just as inspired. But Isaiah had a message that resonated with the end of days. So he says, The night is far spent. The day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. 
<clears throat> Let us walk honestly as in the day, not in rioting and drunkenness, not in chambering and wantonness, not in strife and envying. Now, I hate to tell you this, but we have a lot more things that we're doing than these few things here. And our kids are doing it. And our teachers are teaching our kids to do it. And Biden, who is up in the White House, encourages it and passes laws to be lawless. You have your huge corporations wanting to get in on the money from all this corruption, so they endorse it too. And if anybody says anything, they try to find laws to enforce to throw people in jail. And then when someone comes along that all they want to do is make America great today and get back to God, they hate him with a vehemence that is demonic. Yeah. That tells me, folks, that we are in the end of days. That tells me, folks, that it is time for you to wake up. And if Paul said that way back when, it is time for you to wake up and listen. Didn't you think they would know? You're in the Roman Empire. The night is far spent. You're spending the night with Paul the Apostle, and he tells you, write this down, send it to all the brethren. The night is far spent. The day is at hand. Well, see, many of the apostles, you know, they thought the Messiah was coming back sooner. But they described a society, Paul did, way back when that fits us today. He said, let us, let us therefore cast off the works of darkness. Cast them off. Now see, the sinners in this country of a certain sort have absconded with the flag. And, and they didn't do it. It was done a long time ago by the early ones. And so now, as Christians, many Christians are afraid to even have a rainbow anywhere in their house or on their lawn or in their, on their car. Because they don't want to be identified with the group that have absconded with the rainbow. That's right. But you see, the thing of it is, is that these people are in darkness and they do things that the darkness does, the devil. Although the devil appears as an angel of light, he is a copycat. So God created the rainbow to tell mankind that he would never flood the earth again like he did. Satan absconded with the rainbow and added a couple things to it in order to soothe generations of children to be wicked and do things that would bring judgment upon them. And the devil whispers in their ear and says, this is the promise of God. That what you do is fine. Verse 13, let us walk honestly as in the day. Dear God in heaven, wouldn't that be nice? We have dishonest politicians. We have dishonest presidents. We have dishonest prosecuting attorneys. We have dishonest governors. Honestly, if you look to see what some of these governors are doing to their own country, even their own state, you wonder why they even got elected. Why people sit on their butts and let them go ahead and destroy everything. In one short, not even four years... This president has been able to bring this nation into a mess. But wait, did he do it by himself? No. He's just one tool. I was told by the Lord, I knew ahead of time about the 2020 election. I knew about intricate details and I also knew that Biden would be elected and that there would be a coup d'etat 
associated with the Biden administration, but that coup d'etat wasn't to get rid of Biden, that was to overthrow America. And I was also told this is judgment. Now, whether or not you believe it, that's up to you. You have a choice. Revelation 22. Read it. So you can see here how Paul is warning them. But the last verse said, put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. That's what you need to do. I need to do. We all need to do. And seek the Lord with everything we have. Whether you like to or not, the Lord can deliver you. Now I have another scripture. I may come back to it, but I'm going to. I want to get to verse uh, two. Blessed is the man that doeth this, keeping the Sabbath. Now see, we go back to verse one. Keep judge, keep judgment, do justice. My salvation is near to come, and my righteousness is to be revealed. And a restoration for Judah means a restoration of all the former things that they stopped doing. And they stopped doing them so long ago they would need to be able to be taught again. Blessed is the man that doeth this and the son of man that layeth a hold on it that keepeth the Sabbath from polluting it, keeping his hand from doing any evil. Now in this verse, we are reminded what God judged Judah for. Not everything, but this has to do with one thing that they had to keep, was the Sabbath. Not to pollute it as they had done. That's the first thing he brings up. And keep his hand from doing any evil thing. Keeping the Sabbath. Abstaining from evil. You bind yourself fast to it. You decide to do it. Not to pollute the Sabbath. And make sure that you're hands that have five fingers connected to your arms and it eventually goes up to your brain that tells you when to wiggle your fingers. In other words, you're not to do any evil. Do you think the hands act on their own? Go ahead and punch this guy. So he punches him. Shoot your gun at him and kill him. Do you think your hands and arms and feet and everything, even your mouth, all run by himself? As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. That which defiles a man come out, comes out from inside. And because when Yahshua came and fulfilled all this, now today we can have the Spirit of God, the Word of God, the presence of God. We can pray, we can approach the throne of God. But we're not to do any evil. That's even today. Kyle and Delish even says this. They say the sabbatical duties being enforced with a special emphasis as part of the general righteousness of life. Well, through Yeshua, and when he came, we know. By the keeping of the law, shall no flesh be justified. But it's through faith. Christ became the atoning sacrifice, providing the blood atonement, for God had determined that blood would be the atonement, the shedding of blood. And so they used the blood of a 
blameless animal, one that is perfect with no marks. And they had to have the Day of Atonement once a year. And they had other sacrifices. Just to be able to approach God. But if you got in trouble, you were in trouble. Here today, as Christian believers, and the covenant that Christ has given to us through the shed blood, we don't have to worry about all that. We're sanctified before God. We can ask Him to forgiveness. Forgiveness. If we do something wrong, we can be forgiven. But He gives us a desire to walk in truth and righteousness. We're justified by faith. But if you say you're justified and you walk as someone evil, what does that mean? That means that your lips are talking, but your heart is not observing anything. Now, of course, if you want to talk... uh, Psalm 1 1 Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. Psalm 128 1 Blessed is every one that feareth the Lord, that walketh in his ways. Verse 2 of that For thou shalt eat the labor of thine hands, and happy shalt thou be, and it shall be well with thee. Thy wife shall be as a fruitful vine by the sides of thy house, thy children like olive plants round about the table. Behold, that, that, that thus shall the man be blessed that feareth the Lord. The Lord shall bless thee out of Zion, and thou shalt see the good of Jerusalem all the days of thy life. Yea, thou shalt see thy children, thy children's children, and peace upon Israel. Now see, that sounds real good. But when you look at both houses of Israel, the northern tribes were so wicked and fell so far away that they weren't just overrun by the Assyrians. Sennacherib's dad was the leader in that one. They were carried away. Judah, the ones that should have known better, really, because they had the prophets down there. They had the priest, the chief, the high priest. They had the temple. They they had the kings down there. They had everything. They sinned against God. They were so bad that the Lord told Jeremiah not to pray for them. The Lord also said, you know, and he referred to two major prophets, that even if they came to approach him to deliver Israel, he said they wouldn't be able to deliver Israel, just their own souls. That's how bad Judah was. So they went into captivity for one generation, which I classify as 70 years. You can classify it how you want to, but it was 70 years. But look at all the benefits. What happened to the benefits? They crossed God. Now as Christians, you have a Christian nation here, or so we thought. Obama broke the news to us and told it it's Christians, Muslims, and Jews. It's a good thing Obama became president because he showed us exactly what the truth is, didn't he? You're not a Christian nation anymore. We're going to have more than just the true and living God. We're going to have a couple of others in there. Now we got someone else up there who plays patty cake with all these LGBTQ people on the front lawn. And because we know we call him Hans Biden, he can't keep his hands off all the youngsters... And he nuzzles around him. He must be a pedophile. This is a guy that everything about his office is lawless. The people that are put in there are lawless. This is a wicked and evil generation that can be forgiven, but it doesn't want to be forgiven. Now see in Isaiah 56.3, there's a call to those outside of Israel. Neither let the son of the stranger that have joined himself to the Lord speak, saying, The Lord hath utterly separated me from his people. Neither let the eunuch say, Behold, I am a dry tree. Colin DeLee says, Heathen, 
who professed the religion of Jehovah, had attached themselves to Israel, might be afraid, lest when Israel should be restored to its native land, according to the promise, as a holy and glorious community with a thoroughly priestly character, Jehovah would no longer tolerate them, that is, would forbid their receiving full citizenship, but that's not the case. Because if we remember Isaiah 55, that's already been covered. Incline your ear and come nearer to me here and your soul shall live. I will make an everlasting covenant with you, even the sure mercies of David. That's where the Gentiles come in. Behold, I've given him for a witness to the people, a leader and commander to the people. Behold, thou shalt call a nation that thou knowest not. What's that nation? That is the nations of men, the Gentile nations. It even says of scripture. That those that will walk up and down the streets of the heavenly Jerusalem. The nations of them that are saved will be there. The nations of those who were saved. And all nations will walk on those streets. Behold thou shalt call a nation that thou knowest not. And nations that knew thee not that knew not thee shall run unto thee because of the Lord thy God, for the Holy One of Israel, for he has glorified thee. Well, see, even today, we've got a lot of Christians, and, and who do they love? They love Israel. We have a lot of organized churches here. We have a lot of Christians that love Israel. We love Israel. And we've been joined by grace through faith. Verse 56.4 Now again, all these are things that are given. And although we can find that God is telling Judah, he's also relaying to the Gentiles that there's deeper things in all of this. For thus saith the Lord unto the eunuchs that keep my Sabbath. Now here's another one, the eunuchs. And choose the things that please me and take a hold of my covenant. Even unto them will I give in my house within my walls a place and a name better than sons of daughters. Than of sons and of daughters. I'll give them an everlasting name that shall not be cut off. Also the sons of the stranger that join themselves to the Lord to serve him, to love the name of the Lord, to be his servants, every one that keepeth the Sabbath from polluting it and taking a hold of my covenant. Even them will I bring to my holy mountain and make them joyful in my house of prayer. Their burnt offerings, their sacrifices will be accepted upon my altar for my house shall be called a house of prayer for all people. Verse 8, the Lord God which gathereth the outcasts of Israel, yet will I gather others to him beside those that are gathered unto him. In verse 60, 1 through 5, it talks about the Gentiles coming into the light. So when you get in this, you can dig into the book and find out what's going on. See, because when the Lord came, the Lord is the fulfillment of Sabbath. Because everything about him is redemption and restoration. Bringing you into the kingdom. Keeping the Sabbath is just a shadow of the kingdom of Christ when it comes. And what it's all about. Just like tabernacles is when the king, our Lord, sets up that kingdom and he rules and reigns from that throne. And he's going to do that for a thousand years. And then will be a break in that and it'll extend to our making of everything in a new kingdom forever. So Isaiah 61 through 5, it's very simple. Arise, for thy light has come. The Lord is that light. The glory of the Lord has risen upon thee. Who's risen? The Lord rose. He rose from the dead. He came out as a light. He came out as the Redeemer. came out as Alpha and Omega. He is the resurrection and the life. 
For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and it has the darkness of people. Gross darkness, the people. It'll cover the earth, and gross darkness will cover the people. That's sin, folks. And <clears throat> But the Lord shall rise upon you. That's why we were to preach in the beginning. He told the apostles when he left. He says, this message, this must go into all the nations of the world. And then the end shall come. And the Gentiles will come to your light, kings of the brightness. Now who is the leader? Paul was the one sent to the Gentiles. And they did come to the light. They're still coming to the light. Lift up thine eyes round about and see all they gather themselves together and they come to thee. Thy son shall come from far and thy daughter shall be nursed at thy side. Then thou shalt see and flow together and thy heart shall fear and be enlarged because the abundance of the sea shall be converted unto thee and the force of the Gentiles shall come unto thee. At any rate, there's a lot of good stuff here. And the thing you want to focus on and we're looking at Isaiah talking about the restoration of Judah and all the glories to come. But within that are the little seed pockets of the coming of the Messiah. The very seed pockets that the high priest and all the others, the Sanhedrin, all of them who challenged the Lord. Are you the Messiah? Are you the Messiah? Give us a sign. Well, what more do you need? He had been doing signs and wonders and miracles in the streets all around the country. And you wanted to see a sign? What is the matter with you? Why is there a sign of the Son of God and you can't see it? Well, there was a judgment. Matter of fact, it came from Isaiah. And there's another thing that came from Isaiah, and I quote it all the time. I will choose your delusions and bring your own fears upon you, because when I called, you did not answer. And America, you haven't answered the Lord. Now we have a few individually that are, announced, that, that are answering the Lord. But it's not going to be good for you or America if this nation is destroyed because of stubbornness and wickedness and vileness. Because that's where we are today. If the Lord were to come today, many of the nations of men would be rejected. And only the souls and spirits of those who are truly redeemed by the blood of the Lamb will be with him in heaven. I was thinking about this first this afternoon. Revelation 19, 11 through 18. I'm not going to read all that. but And I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse. And he that sat upon him was called faithful and true. And in righteousness he doth judge and make war. His eyes were as a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns. And he had a name written that no man knew but he himself. And he was dipped with a vesture. Uh, he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. And he is King of kings and Lord. That's when the Lord comes. Now today, as I was meditating and praying this afternoon, I saw a white horse. As I, was, I had my eyes closed, and I saw this huge white horse, whiter than I've ever seen. His nostrils were flaring. His mane was long and beautiful. And I looked into his eyes. I saw his eyes and they were full of fire. And as I looked at that scene, I began to think of the Messiah coming again on that horse. His horse is getting ready. Before you can ride a horse, you've got to get him prepared. You can't just go ride a horse. You've got to get him prepared. This, this, this horse was ready. And if the horse is ready, the Messiah, the Son of God, the King of Kings, he is in the outer court and he's putting on his clothes. He's getting the two-edged sword and his armies are getting ready. 
because he's going to climb that horse and his glory will turn that horse into something you've never seen before in your life. But he's a real horse. And Christ is a real Savior. And Judah knew about that Savior. And because of judgment, they didn't recognize him. But the ones on the street did. The problem for Judah was found in the temple. That's where the problems were. He told Jeremiah, go look, they defiled my temple. That's where the issue was. It was with the prophets who were false. It was with the priests who were false. So when the Lord came the second time, guess who didn't believe in him? Those who ran the temple, those who were known as the holy, they were the holy ones. They were the ones that could ban anybody from coming into the temple. They didn't know who he was except a few of them. And they were afraid to speak up because they were casting people out of the temple if they said they believed in him. It's not an accident the Lord went in and began smashing the tables of the moneylenders. Because that's where the problem was. And I can tell you today, there's a problem today in America, the same thing, the same problem that was in Judah, the same problem the Lord found when he is here, and the same problem that's going on today. There is sin in the camp. There is sin in the pulpit. There is sin in the prophets. There is sin in your leadership, your political leaderships. There's sin in the family. There's sin in the children because they're being trained to be sinners. They don't have the innocence they should. They'd be okay. But many of these people are trying to defile your children. And once their innocence is gone, they will have a battle to get back. Father, thank you for this word. May people understand this word. Bless them. And in Jesus' name, I bind you, Satan, and the powers of darkness from the preaching, teaching, streaming, and receiving of this word. In Jesus' name. Okay. Okay. Well, that was a very good word, Dana. Thank you. I'm glad the Lord is coming back. So am I. Because I don't like what I see out there, and I hope and pray to God that we get a revival. Yep. Well, I want to thank everybody for joining us whenever you do. It's always a pleasure, and we also love hearing from you. Please be safe and please pray for your brethren around the world. Pray for us as we pray for you. We love you and always hope the best for you in Christ Jesus. Stay safe and be careful out there and look up to the Lord. He is our only hope and our salvation. Be blessed. Good night, everybody. Be sure to go by our websites at warren-usa.com, danaglennsmith.com. Read the articles, listen to the shows. Pray for your country, pray for your neighbors, pray for your friends, pray for your family. Be sure, the mercy of the Lord is there tonight. Mercy and forgiveness are yours. Come to the Lord and seek his face. Until next time, shalom everybody. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Warren Radio. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.